0: ما to من فلا مضل ومن الله بعد. continue with Shah Husn of Imam Al رحمه الله. The last time we had the start of the point, numbered, point number 113. So just to mention quickly some of the points that we had, that we had, I mentioned about this book itself. The book of Creed and Belief of Imam al farbahari Shah Al-Sunnah. Shaykh al-Fawzan, Hafid ibn Allah, mentioned that this book it details the fundamentals of creed and belief, aqidah, Which are derived from the Book and the Sunnah and what the Salaf were upon. Those who were the best of the generations. Those generations who were praised in the Book and in the Sunnah. So it is upon a person to submit himself to this and to follow it and to avoid any hesitation or laxity in that regard. So, Sheikh Farzan mentioned that this book and the like of this book, this is one, just one of the books of the Salaf with regard to creed and belief. So this book and its like should be propagated, and it should be distributed, and there will be reward for a person who does this. For indeed, this will be a case of propagating beneficial knowledge. And it may be the case that an ignorant person who is a jahil, an ignorant person, who is not aware of what is correct, or a person who is confused, may become guided by means (coughs) of this book. Because indeed, there are many ignorant people who, if the truth is shown to them, they accept it. And the chef made the point that when you see different sayings and disagreement, what is upon you is to look and to see what Allah's Messenger and his companions were upon. They and the best generations. To see what that is and to adhere to to it, for that is indeed the truth. Then Imam Abu Dhabhari, he continued, on what he occurs here on page ninety-eight of this second volume, that he said, رحمه الله فإنه من استحل شيئا خلاف ما في هذا الكتاب فإنه ليس, فإنه ليس يدين لله بدين وقد رده وقد رده كله. كما لو أن عبدا آمن بجميع ما قال الله عز وجل إلا أنه شك في حرف فقد رد الجميع ما قال الله تعالى وهو كافر كما أن شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله لا تقبل من صاحبها إلا بصدق النية وخالص اليقين وكذلك لا يقبل الله شيئا من السنة في بعض. ومن ترك من السنة شيئا فقد ترك السنة كلها فعليك بالقبول ودعمك المماحلة واللجاجة فإنه ليس من دين الله في شيء وزمانك خاصة زمان سوء فاتق الله He said So whoever allows anything Contrary to what occurs in this book, then he is not practising Allah's religion. And he has rejected all of it. Just as if a servant were to believe in everything that Allah, the mighty majestic, said, except that he doubted about a single letter, then he has rejected everything that Allah, the Most High, said and he would be a disbeliever. Just as the testification that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah will not be accepted from a person unless it is accompanied by true and sincere intention (laughs) and by complete certainty. Likewise Allah will not accept anything from the sunnah from one who abandons a part of it. So whoever abandons anything from the sunnah, then he has abandoned the whole of the sunnah. So it is upon you (coughs) to accept. Leave aside contending and disputing, for it is not from Allah's religion at all. And your time in particular is a time of evil. So fear and be dutiful to Allah. And just as a small side point with regard to where it mentions وَمَن تَرَكَ مِنَ السَّنَّةِ شَيْئًا فَقَدْ تَرَكَ السَّنَّةَ kullaha," And whoever abandons anything from the sunnah then he has abandoned the whole of the sunnah. In some of the, in some of the versions of the book it contains the wording وَمَن رَدَّ مِنَ السَّنَّةِ شَيْئًا فَقَدْ رَدَّ السَّنَّةَ كُلَّهَا Whoever rejects anything from the sunnah then he has rejected the whole of the sunnah. Some of the versions have this, which occurs here: "From Antarah, whoever leaves or abandons." And some, some versions have "Manradda, whoever rejects." Sheikh Al-Fawzan, happy Allah, he said in his explanation, he's saying saying, 'For man so whoever allows, whoever permits, whoever, whoever holds and declares lawful, anything contrary to what occurs in this book, then he will not be practicing Allah's religion. sheik al-Fawzan said, meaning, whoever departs from the manhaj, whoever departs from the methodology of the Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Which is explained in this book, and in other than it, from the books of correct creed, whoever departs from this methodology, then he will be along with the people of misguidance, along with the innovators, along with the mu'tazila, along with the jahmiya, along with the misguided sects. He the majestic and most high said, "فَمَاذَا بَعَدَ الْحَقِّ إِلَّا الْضَلَالَ فَأَنَّا تَصْرَفُونَ Surah Yunus, the tenth surah, ayah thirty-two, with the explanation. So what is there after the truth, except for misguidance? So how is it that they are diverted from the truth? Sheikh Al-Fawzan said. So, a person must firstly become aware of the truth of what the salaf, the predecessors of this nation were upon. He should not look at the many different positions, the many different madhahib and the many different sayings. Rather, he should look at one thing, which is what the salaf of this nation, what the predecessors of this nation were upon. Just as Imam Malik said رحمه الله إِنَّهُ لَا يُصْلِحُ آخِرَ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ إِلَّا مَا أَصْلَحَ أَوَّلَهَا Imam Malik رحمه الله, said nothing will rectify the last part of this nation except for that which rectifies its first part. In a footnote they mention, this was quoted from him by more than one, I mean, this was a famous saying from Imam Malik. More than one of the people of knowledge have reported it, quoted it from Imam Malik. Such as, Ash-Shakibi, in his book al and Such as Ibn Abdul Barr. In his book Tanqih Al-Tahqiq. And then they mention, and perhaps Imam Malik took it as a point of benefit from his shaykh, from his teacher, Wahab ibn Kaysan. For indeed, Ibn Abdul Bar narrated in his book at Tamheed from Imam Malik that he said, Wahab ibn Kaysan used to sit with us and he would never get up until he had said to us, وَإِعْلَمُوا ibn Kaysan, rahimahullah, he never get up from that sitting unless he had said to us, you should know that the last part of this affair will not be rectified, except by that which rectified its first part. Then, to go back to what Shaykh Fawzan mentioned in his explanation, having mentioned this famous saying of Imam Malik that nothing will rectify the last part of this nation except for that which rectified its first part. He said, and Allah, the Majestic and Most High, says وَالسَّابِقُونَ Surah Tawbah, the night Surah, Ayah 100. With the explanation, and the first and foremost ones from the Muhajireen and the Ansar and those who followed them in a fine manner, Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Him. He said, and He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, he <تصفيق> <تصفيق> فانه من ايش منكم فسير اختلافا كثيرا فعليكم بسنه الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين تمسكوا بها وعضوا عليها بالنواجذ واياكم ومحدثات الامور فان كل محتف... فان كل ضلالة ضلالة في النار said said for whoever lives long amongst you, then you will see great differing. So adhere to my sunnah. And the sunnah of the rightly guided orthodox caliphs. Cling on it and bite on it with your molar teeth. And beware of newly introduced affairs. For every innovation is misguidance and all misguidance is in the fire and they mentioned in the footnote that checking of this hadith has preceded and it's come a number of times we've had that the basic part of the hadith is the famous hadith of al-Rabab al Allah, reported by Imam Ahmad Abu Dawud Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and declared Sahih authentic by Shaykh al-Albani and the part at the end, and every and father and father. وَكُلَّ fi بِالنَّارٍ and all misguidance is in the fire. reported by Muhammad by nasai From a hadith of Jabir ibn Abdillah, Anhu. Then Shaykh Farazan said, having quoted the hadith, he said, So if affairs are unclear for us, and the claims become many, then all praise is for Allah. The way out is present and it is to follow the book and the sunnah and what the salaf of this nation were upon. (coughs) He said everyone claims that he is upon the book and the sunnah. Sheikh makes a crucial point here that very often people forget. He said everyone claims that he is upon the book and the sunnah. So what is it that differentiates between us and them? In other words, we claim, people of the Sunnah claim that we're upon the Book and the Sunnah, and everybody else, all the deviant sects, all of them, they all claim we're upon the Book and the Sunnah. So the chef made an important point, which should be noted here. So what is it that differentiates between us and them? He said, what distinguishes between us is the manhaj of Salaf, is the methodology of the Salaf. The methodology, the way proceeded upon by the predecessors, the Salaf. Because the Salaf, they are the ones who understood the Book and the Sunnah and proceeded upon them. So therefore we follow as Salaf of salaf. We, follow the pious predecessors. This is the distinguishing factor between us and the people of misguidance and the deviant sects. Acting upon Hussain صلى الله عليه وسلم وَسَتَفْتَرِقُ هَذِهِ الأمة عَلَى ثَلَاثٍ وَسَبْعِينَ فَرْقَةً كُلُّهَا فِي النَّارِ إِلَّا وَاحِدَةً قال وَمَنْ هِيَ يا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ قَالُ مَنْ كَانَ عَلَى مِثْلِ مَا أنا عَلَيْهِ الْيَوْمِ وَأَصْحَابِي Shaykh said, acting upon his, Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, saying And this nation will split into 73 sects All of them in the fire, except for one So they said, and who is it, the messenger of Allah? He said, whoever is upon the like of what I am upon today, are my companions. In the footnote I mentioned, checking of this has proceeded. And the, <coughs> the hadith as we had before a number of times, is a hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr عنهما, reported by Al-Tirmidhi and Al-Hasim and others, and was declared Hassan by sheik al Al-Zan. He commented, The truth is clear. And the path is clear. For the one who seeks salvation. And Allah, the Majestic and Most High, says, (laughs) فَإِمَّا يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ مِّنِّي هُدَىٰ فَمَنِ اِتَّبَعَ هُدَىٰيَ فَلَا يَذِلُّ وَلَا يَشْقَىٰ وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً the 20th Surah, Ayahs 123 and 124. With the explanation, So if guidance comes to you from me, then whoever follows my guidance, then he will not go astray in the world and he shall not be wretched on the day of resurrection and whoever turns away from my reminder then for him there shall be tightness and punishment in the grave and we shall raise him on the day of resurrection blind. And Just as a small side point here then this explanation is based on the authentic hadith, reported by Ibn hibban and Al-Hakim as a hadith of Abu Huraira who stated that the Prophet وسلم, he mentioned with regard to this ayah, he recited this ayah and explained Ma'isha <laughs> Al that we have tight and restricted life to mean punishment in the grave. That's just a side point here. Just why the ayah's been mentioned, the explanation has been mentioned this way. So having mentioned the two ayahs, then Sheikh al Al-Waz- Awzan said, continued, his saying, Khilafan fi kitab, that whoever makes lawful, whoever holds to be permissible, anything contrary to what occurs in this book, the Sheikh said, meaning, contrary to what is within this book, from the fundamentals of creed and belief and it is not from his speech. He's not just saying whoever says something contrary to my speech in this book. That's not the point he's making here. But he said, contrary to what is contained in this book from the fundamentals of Aqijah, freedom belief. And it is not his speech. Rather what is contained in this book is just from the speech of Allah and the speech of his messenger. وسلم, and the speech of As-Salaf salih the speech of the pious predecessors. This is what is contained in this book. He said, He's saying, Whoever does so, then he is not practicing Allah's deen. He said, Because he will be upon the methodology of the people of misguidance. Whoever contradicts the book and the sunnah and the methodology of the salaf, then he will be upon the <coughs> methodology of the misguided people. It's saying Just the same as if a servant believed in everything that Allah the Mighty and Majestic had said except that he doubted one letter. Shaykh Hazan said a person must have iman in all of the book. In the book of Allah the Most High. A person must have iman in all of the book and in all of the sunnah. Which the messenger and his companions were upon. As for one who believes, one who, <coughs> one who believes in a part of it, and he does not believe in another part, then he will be a disbeliever in all of it. One who believes in a part and disbelieves in another part, then he will be a disbeliever in all of it. Just as. He the most high said, Junior, al Bakara, the second surah, I eighty five, with the explanation. Do you believe in a part of the book? And disbelieve in a part? So, what will be the recompense for those amongst you who do that, except humiliation and disgrace in the life of this world? And on the day of resurrection, they will be sent into the severest punishment, and Allah is not heedless of whatever you do. Sheikh Fazan said, so the person who does not take from the Book and the Sunnah except that which conforms to his desires and he leaves whatever is contrary to his, de- his desires. This one is like the people of the people of the Book. This one is like the people of the Scripture. Those who came before. He the Most High said, لَمَا رَسُولٌ بِمَا لَا تَهُوَىٰ أَنفُسُكُمْ وَاسْتَكْبَرْتُمْ Surah Al Baqarah, 2nd Surah, Ayah 87. With the explanation, whenever a messenger, obviously, in the context of the people of the book from before, whenever a messenger comes to you with that which your souls do not desire, then you show haughtiness. So some of them you denied, and some of them you kill. Sheikh Fazan said, this is the behavior of the disbelievers from the people of the scripture. That they only accept from the prophets whatever conforms to their own desires. And whatever conflicts with their desires from that which the prophets came with, then either they reject and deny it, or otherwise, they kill the Prophet who came with it. And they killed those of the Prophets whom they killed. Because they contradicted their desires. And he the Most High said, قُلْ <laughs> جَاءَهُمْ So from the fifth surah, ayah 7? or rather, Ayah 70. So, come the fifth Torah, Ayah 70. Seven zero. With the explanation. Whenever a messenger, whenever a messenger comes to you, with that, rather, whenever a messenger came to them, with that which their souls did not desire, then some they denied, and some they killed. Sheikh said, this was their way. So therefore the person who accepts from the book and the sunnah whatever conforms to his desires and whatever supports his own methodology and his own way and who rejects whatever runs contrary to his desires and his methodology, then this one is just like those people. He believes in a part of the book and disbelieves in a part and it will not benefit him that he has acted upon a part of the book because he is a disbeliever in all of it. He said, he's saying, Then whoever does this, he has rejected the whole of what Allah has said and he is a disbeliever. Shaykh al said, whoever rejects a single letter of the Quran, then he is a disbeliever. So if, for example, he said, regarding his, regarding his saying, He the Most High, Qur'an al Majid, Surah Qaf, the 50th Surah, Ayah 1. The expression of by the Honorable Quran, if he were to say, Qaf, this letter Qaf, is not from the Qur'an. If a person were to say this Qaf here, is not from the Qur'an. But it is sufficient to say, Wal Qur'an al Majid. The person omitted the first, so this Qaf here, but at the start, this letter, is not from the Qur'an. It is sufficient that we say, Wal Qur'an al Majid. This is just like, whoever said, Huwa Allahum Ahad. Surah Al Ikhlas, 112 Surah, Ayah 1, we say, Qul Allahu Ahad. Surah Al Ikhlas, Surah, Ayah 1, with explanation, say, He is Allah, the Unique One. So if a person says, Qul, the same Qul, say, is not from the Quran, then he will be a disbeliever. I mean, he says just, the fact that the Quran is just, who Allahu Ahad? Is Allah the unique one? That's the Quran. The first, the first word there, "Qul," is not from the Quran. Then he is a disbeliever. And Allah's refuge is sword. Mm-hmm. Because he has rejected a word from the speech of Allah. <coughs> or he has rejected a letter. With regard to the ayah from Surah Qaf, he's rejected a letter there, said it's not from the Quran. With regard to this sword, he's rejected the word, "Qul." And said, it's not from the Quran. The Shaykh said, whoever he does that, then he's a disbeliever. Then he said, he's saying, Just the same as the fact that the testification that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Will not be accepted from the person unless it is said with true and sincere intention and with pure certainty. Sheikh Razan said, La ilaha none has a right to be worshipped except Allah, is Kalimatul Ikhlas, which is the word of purity of worship, and it is Kalimatul Taqwa, and it is the word of taqwa, of beautifulness to Allah and it is Al-Urwaq al-Wufqa it is the firmest handhold and it is is al-Jannah it is the key to paradise. However, it will not benefit the person except along with seven conditions or eight which have been arranged by the scholars in a poetical line. بذا wa the <laughs> They mentioned the seven conditions for the testification that no one has right to worship except Allah. Knowledge <laughs> Certainty, sincerity, and truthfulness, along with love and compliance and acceptance of it. She said, These are seven conditions. And he quotes a further line that's added. He said, And an eighth one has been added, which is your rejection of everything that is taken as an object of worship, besides the one who is truly worshipped. So then, Shaykh Rauzan said, Whoever omits from them, whoever omits a condition from them, then la ilaha illallah. The saying, none has the right to be worshipped except Allah, will not benefit him. The person misses out on any of the conditions, omits any of the seven or eight conditions. And he mentions the eight conditions, listing them in detail and mentioning their opposites. He said, the first condition is, (laughs) Al ilmu bi ma'naha wa bi ma'naha. The first condition is knowledge of its meaning. And its opposite is, Ignorance of its meaning. The second condition is Al Bima Alayhi Shakk. So the second condition is certainty of what it indicates and its opposite is doubt. <coughs> the third condition is Al Ikhlas Al Shirku Billah. The third condition is Al Ikhlas, purity and sincerity and its opposite in purity and sincerity is your worship and its opposite is committing shirk along with Allah the fourth condition is as wa-didduhu al-kadib wa taklibu bima tadullu alayh the fourth condition is truthfulness that you say it truthfully and its opposite is lying saying it falsely and denying whatever it indicates the fifth condition he said is المحبة لما تدلو عليه من التوحيد وضدها بغض ما tadullu عليه The fifth condition is love of what it indicates from توحيد and its opposite is hatred of what it indicates The sixth condition is الانقياد لما تدلو عليه وضده لأراض علي أما تدلو عليه the sixth condition is compliance with what it indicates, to yield and comply with what it indicates, and its opposite is turning away from what it indicates. The seventh condition is al-qabulu lima tablulu alayhi <laughs> wa wa lima alayhi. The seventh condition is acceptance of whatever it indicates and its opposite is rejection of whatever it indicates and the eighth and final condition is al-kufru bima yu'badu min dunillahi <laughs> wa wa adam al Kufri bihi the eighth condition is rejection of whatever is worshipped besides Allah the mighty and majestic and its opposite is not rejecting it Then the Sheikh said, These are eight conditions which must, be implemented, which must be implemented by the one who says, whoever says, La ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Meaning that he says it when he says it, and he knows its meaning, he's certain of its meaning, he says it truly, so on and so forth, to the end of the conditions. So he said, These are eight conditions. Which must be implemented by the one by whoever says none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. So it is not just a saying that is said upon the tongue alone. So La Ilaha Illallah, none has the right to be worshipped except Allah has arkan. It has pillars. The saying has pillars, and it has conditions shuruq. So its pillars are two: the rukun, the arkan are two, Rukhunan, has two pillars. The first pillar is an nafi, negation. And the second pillar is al affirmation. The first pillar is negation, negation of worship for everything. And the second pillar is al affirmation. Affirmation of worship for Allah alone. Shaykh said, explaining, <coughs> So, negation will not benefit without affirmation. Person negation will not benefit unless there is affirmation. And affirmation will not benefit without negation. So, if you were to say, and he explains that further by mentioning, so, if you were to say, Allah is one who is to be worshipped, this will not be sufficient. Allah is one who deserves to be worshipped. This will not be sufficient. And if you were to say la ilaha, nothing should be worshipped. This will be mere negation alone. Since you you will have denied all right to worship, altogether. And then you would be with those who deny all right to worship for anything. Which would mean that there is no God. None who has the right right to be worshipped at all in existence. So, Shaykh is making the point that both have to be there. Negation of worship of everything besides Allah, along with affirmation of the right to worship for Allah alone. Both have to be present. One is not sufficient. Both must be there. Two pillars, negation and affirmation. Then he said, As for the Sufis, those who say, Allah, Allah. Or they say, who, who. Hu. These words of the invented dhikr of theirs. They say repeatedly, Allah, Allah, or who, who. This is futile speech. And it's just idle, prattle. And it will not benefit at all. So there must be the saying, La ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah with negation and affirmation and it is the meaning of his saying he the most high for an yakfur bil tawguti wa yu'min billah Surah Al-Baqarah second surah ayah 256 so whoever rejects at tawgut everything that's worshipped besides Allah wa yu'min and truly believes in and worships Allah alone Shaykh Bazan said, yakfur the first part of the ayah, yakfur the explanation. So whoever rejects everything that's worshipped besides Allah, this is negation. And truly believes in Allah, worships him alone, this is affirmation. And he said, he's saying he's saying and likewise, Allah will not accept anything from the Sunnah along with rejection of a part of it. He said, Just as it will not be correct to believe in part of the Quran and to leave part of it, even if it is only one ayah or one letter. Then, likewise, regarding the sunnah, Iman, and it will not be correct unless he believes in all of it, such that he does not deny anything from that which is authentic from the Messenger. Because this is what is necessitated by the testification that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah, that you act upon his sunnah. And that you obey Him. And that you abandon whatever He forbade you from. This is from what is necessitated by the testification that He is the Messenger of Allah. As for bearing witness that He is the Messenger of Allah. But then not believing in what He came with. And in what He said from the Ahadith. Or rejecting part of the Ahadith which are authentic. Because they do not conform with his desires, a person's desires, or they are not consistent with his methodology, then this person will be a disbeliever in the Messenger. So he will be from those about whom Allah said, Surat al the fifth surah, ayah 70 that I had before, with explanation. Whenever a messenger came to them with that which their souls did not desire, then some they denied and others they killed. The said, so it is essential that you believe in all of the sunnah. Whatever conforms to your desires and whatever conflicts with your desires. Whatever conforms with your methodology and whatever conflicts with your methodology. And it is obligatory that you base your manhaj, that you base your methodology upon the Book and the Sunnah. And do not base it upon desires or upon the saying of so-and-so or upon the system of the party or of such-and-such jamaa, such-and-such group. Do not base it upon that. Base it upon the book and the sunnah and the methodology of the pious predecessors And he said, he's saying, وَمَنْ رَدَّ مِنَ السَّنَّةِ شَيْئًا And whoever rejects anything from the sunnah. So Khauzan said, for example, the mutazila and the scholars of Kalam, the- theoretical or rhetorical theology. Those who do not believe in the Ahadith al-Ahad, those who do not believe in the Ahadith, which are reported just by a few number of narrators at each level. The Ahadith al-Ahad. Those who say that they do not amount to knowledge, so therefore they do not accept them in matters of creed and belief. And they bring principles of logic and principles of rhetorical theology. They say, because logic and rhetorical theology produce yaqeen, produce certainty, because they are intellectual proofs. As for speech of the messenger, then if it is khabr al-arhad, singular narrations, then they do not amount to certainty. And hadith does not amount to certainty in their view. Even if it occurs in the two sahihs. The shaykh said, this is misguidance. Allah's refuge is sought. Mm -hmm. He said, rather, whatever is authentic from the Messenger, then it amounts to knowledge, ilm. And it amounts to yaqeen, certainty. Whatever is authentic, sah." from the Messenger وسلم, then it amounts to knowledge and it amounts to certainty. Because it is the speech of one who لَا عَنِ الهوى إنه إلَّا يُوحى. Ayers 3 & 4 from Surah najm the 53rd Surah, with the explanation He does not, referring to Allah's Messenger وسلم, He does not speak from His own desires. It is just revelation Revealed to him, the chef said, "So those people, the like of the Muttazila, the people of Kalam, those who say we don't accept Hadith if it's not mutawatir, in matters of freedom and belief, it doesn't amount to certainty, doesn't amount to knowledge. The thing that amounts to certain knowledge and certainty is logic and Kalam, theological rhetoric." The chef said, "So those people, they reject a part of the revelation, since they reject." The ahadith that are ahad in matters of creed and belief, and they do not accept them. So, therefore, they reject, they reject something from the revelation that has been sent down. So, this is a misguided path, and Allah's refuge is sought. He said, He's saying, Then he has rejected the whole of the Sunnah. Sheikh said, and whatever he has accepted from it, will not benefit him. Until he accepts all of it. He's saying, فَعَلَيْكَ بِالْقَبُولُ <الْمُحَلَة> He said, he's saying, so upon you is acceptance, to accept, and leave aside contending and disputing. The Sheikh explained these two words saying, al المُمَاحَلَةِ means arguing. And al-lajaja means disputing, which is useless, futile, and raising one's voice in order to beat one's opponent. This will not benefit you at all. He's saying, لَيْسَ مِنْ دِينِ فِي For it is not from the religion of Allah at all. Shaykh Al-Zan said, arguing upon falsehood is not from the religion of Allah. He the Most High said, ما يجادل في آيات الله إلا الذين كفروا Surah Ghafir, Surah Ayah 4, with the explanation None disputes concerning Allah's ayat except for those who disbelieve. The Sheikh said, They dispute about them. Is it from Allah or is it not from Allah? Is the Quran the speech of Allah or is it not? Has it been sent down? Or is it something created? The shaykh said, all of this is from disputing about Allah. All of this is from disputing about the Book of Allah, the Mighty Majestic. And is from futile disputing. And then he finished by saying, he's saying, وَزَمَانُكَ خَاصَّةً زَمَانُ سُوبٍ فَاتَّقِ اللَّهِ And your time in particular is a time of evil. So fear and be dutiful to Allah. She said, this was in the time of the author. Then how about the times after him? The trials, Fitna, were more severe. And his time, despite the trials and tribulations within it, it contained scholars. But the later a time is, then the less scholars there are. And the more evils increase. So the danger is more severe at the end of time. And that's where Sheikh Farazam ends this particular point. And just very briefly, one point from Sheikh Ahmed al-Najmi, and he said with regard to the phrase, وَمَنْ وَرَدَّ مِنَ السُنَّةِ شَيْئًا فَقَدْ رَدَّ لَهَ And whoever opposes and rejects anything from the sunnah, then he has rejected the whole of the sunnah. Shaykh Ahmad, rahimahullah, he said, this saying has some detail to it. So if a person rejects anything from the sunnah based upon a ta'wil, based upon a wrong interpretation, or he, he rejects something doubting whether it's established, he doubts that it's established from the Messenger and that's why he rejects it. He doesn't think it's ex- established, he doubts that, so therefore he rejects it. Then this person does not become a disbeliever. Rather, the one who becomes a disbeliever is one who rejects anything which is agreed upon from the sunnah without any interpretation. He's not wrongly interpreting and therefore it's led him to deny something by mistake. He's got no interpretation, he just denies it. It's established, agreed upon, and he rejects it. Willfully reject it.